Hey, I'm indie fantasy author Melinda Cusera, and I'm back with an update. So when we last talked, I was in the middle of a Kickstarter, and that Kickstarter was for the Cursebreaker series, uh, the special edition omnibuses. And in that Kickstarter, I was raising money for a project to have hardcover omnibuses for the nine books that are currently published and I was gathering them into three different omnibuses with three books collected into each omnibus and it was a really great learning experience. I would definitely do it again but next time I'm not going to do it for um, special editions. I'm going to run a Kickstarter just for new books that are not available anywhere else. And that is going to happen in January or February. And that's going to be for the Rogue Gods trilogy. And the Rogue Gods trilogy is wild. It's probably the wildest and the hardest story I've ever tried to plot. Mainly because I'm like constantly fighting the characters. Which is not something I anticipated. So in that Kickstarter, I'll have the ebooks of all three books in the trilogy paperbacks of all three books in the trilogy and a hardcover omnibus and you know if there's a lot of orders for the hardcover omnibus then we can maybe look at doing a print run and getting all the special all the special things you can do the foiling and all the other stuff but we'll see if not then i still have a way of getting that out to people who like hardcover books. So what is Rogue Gods about? That's an awesome question because what I thought it was going to be about and what the characters decided we were going to do in this book were two completely different things. I think I talked about some of this in a previous podcast episode, but at that point I was not as far into the writing of it as I am now. Like the first book is completed as I am recording this today on November 5th, 2023. And I have completed book one, which is right now I'm calling it Gateway to Hell. And when you read it, you'll make complete sense to title because there is definitely a gateway and it does go to hell. There's actually multiple gateways and they do go to hell. They go to other places too, but that's one of the places that they uh, lead to. And the sequel, which is what I'm writing now, is called Summon the Gods. And they're supposed to summon the gods. I am three quarters of the way done with the book and that has yet to happen. And I'm mad because like that was the whole point of this was to explain this ridiculous thing that happened. Well, it's not ridiculous. It's, it's more like it's really wild. And I don't care if I spoil things for you. So if you ever read the Ronda Larkspur series, prepare to be a little bit spoiled. I'm not going to tell you how they do things or why they do things that you can read in the books. But it, it's all started in because of the fourth book in the Robin of Larkspur series, which is Rogue Rescue. So let me you all the way back to the first book in the Robin of Larkspur series. So in the first book, which is Hunter's Night, we meet Robin. She is a young mother, does not have any magic at all, just a regular woman just trying to get along in a country that is covered by an enchanted forest and, you know, that's quasi-sentient and, you know, trying not to piss it off as she's traveling. She's unfortunately traveling in winter. She didn't have a choice about that. It was not something she wanted to be doing, but it, you know, sometimes things happen and we don't have a choice. So she's traveling with her infant daughter and uh, two other um, women warriors and their camp is attacked, like in the first chapter. And her daughter is kidnapped. The kidnappers disappear without any trace. They're magical creatures. So they're able to leave without leaving a trace and even if they weren't 
able to leave by magical means. It was snowing, so the snow would have wiped out any tracks anyways by the time Robin regained consciousness and she had to, you know, one of the uh, warriors she was traveling with got had tried to fight them off, as did Robin. Robin ended up with concussion. The other person ended up more, um, well, mild concussion. The other person ended up, the other woman ended up with much more grievous wounds. So obviously they had to tend to her first, get her into a stable condition, and then figure out how to transport her out of there to civilization. So the first book is is that quest to get the injured companion out of the mountains and to help and also in the back of robin's mind she's hoping that she can find somebody who can who has magic who can help her track down the, the creatures who stole her daughter um there's a lot of other things that happen there they encounter shapeshifters who try to stop them and other sorts of things and um yeah, so that's book one. And at the end of book one, she gets to Mount Roger, which is, if you've listened to any of the chapters where I read um, Curse Breaker Enchanted, you know that's where Sarn is living. And um, the Robin of Larkspur series takes place about four years before Curse Breaker Enchanted. So Sarn is still living at Mount Regen. He's He's still got tons of magic, but he's not... He's not all that skilled at using it. He's still he's more he's more in hiding and and hiding from it. So it's more it's controlling him more often than he's controlling it. So uh, there's there's very much that a lot of tension between him and it in in this. And the first couple of books in the Robin Larkspur series are very much they flip back and forth from Sarn's perspective and Robin's perspective. Um, and um, yeah. So in the second book, she meets Sarn and convinces him to help her and um, they have to get out of the mountain. And Sarn is he, you know, swore fealty to the Lord of the Mountain and um, also promised that he would follow the Lord, you know, whatever the Lord of the Mountain ordered him to do. And anyone that the Lord of the Mountain told him to um you know, respect or to to listen to or to follow their orders that he would have to follow them. So in they he has been ordered not to leave the area around Mount Deredrin unless he is with certain people. So he needs their permission. And he doesn't they don't know he has a son or that his son has been kidnapped. His son was kidnapped in the middle of book one uh, um, in, of Hunter's Night. And it takes him, a, you know, a little bit to find the right argument and the right person who will like verbally give him permission to leave because his magic will not let him leave otherwise so he gets that sorted uh, amongst other things that are going on um in that second book which is rogue knight and in rogue ranger which is the third book of the robin larkspur series which came out earlier this year um he and robin set off with with someone else um with shade his friend and they go uh, and Sarn has the magic. He's got the, you know, the magical GPS. So he, he can sense his son. He knows exactly where his son is. Well, not, and, and they just have to hike there. So he's so she's like, OK, we finally got on the right thing. But they run into some some problems because the, the you know, they run into shapeshifters who try to stop them. They run into some other issues, um, some problems within the people who are you know, they're, they're traveling group. It's the three of them. And there's some tension and some issues between there and they end up devolving, you know, there's a whole thing with that. I won't, you can read, you can read that in the book. It does not pertain to what's going on in the rogue gods thing. So in rogue ranger, Sauron gets to the haven and a haven is a, um, 
it can take many different like forms, but basically it's a place of sanctuary. It is a, it's a place that is under a magical shield that you, anyone who enters is safe. You cannot, no one can attack you. Nothing can happen. There's food, there's fresh water, there's shelter. And for the time that you are there, you are safe. You can't stay there forever. There is certain circumstances where someone could stay longer than a few days. Um, but generally, after a few days, you need to leave so that another group can um, find shelter there as well. It's meant to be a place of rest, uh, like a rest stop, a magical rest stop, if you will, not a destination. So he gets to that haven where his magic is telling him his son is. And um, unfortunately, Saren is so caught up in the saving of said son, who's like about nine months old at the time, that he doesn't notice that he's like walking onto a magic circle or magic sigils. Like he's never seen, he's never encountered that before. So he did not know, he didn't know that's what he was walking on. And since he is really powerful, and doesn't have much control over his magic and it's always surrounding him and this sort of green aura that like um extends about about three to six feet from his body so he's wandering around this magical bubble and the magic you know rolls over it as he runs in to get his son and it triggers this the it triggers the the circle and there's a spell on it so it triggers that and he becomes trapped in it and it's draining him to power the spell that he walked into so he can't get out, at least not at this point in this. In some of the later Chris Wigger series books, he would have been able to get out of it. Like he would have known how to um, or he would have known what to look for to try and break his way out. But at this point, he's like does not have a clue. He's not dealt with very much magic. He's hidden from it a lot. So he really has no idea, unfortunately. So Robin gets to the Haven after, you know, betrayals and other issues. Um, she gets to the Haven at the end of book three and the beginning of book four, which only people on my Patreon have read. I post four chapters a week on Patreon. I post them on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I would love to post more often than that, but I also work full time. I work Monday to Friday, nine to five. I have to commute to the office three days. Some weeks it's Monday to Wednesdays. Some weeks it's Tuesday to Thursday. And even sometimes getting those four chapters done is, it, it's, they're not short. I mean, I don't write short chapters. I mean, sometimes I do. Sometimes there's not like that's all that we need to do in the chapter and it's shorter. But usually they're about like 3,000 words long, sometimes longer. I've had ones that are like 5,000 words long, which is a meaty chunk of story to read. And usually quite a bit happens in them because that's quite a few words. Yeah. So I have posted the first nine chapters, I believe it's nine, from the sequel. Robin of Larkspur book four which is titled Rogue Rescue and you know and everything was going along great in those first nine chapters you know Robin's there she's she sees that Sarna's trapped she's trying to figure this out she herself doesn't have magic but she's a, a witch which means that like so um in my books there's light magic which is basically what Sarn has it's very bright it's green you know all the books that I write are basically about that. But there's this other side of magic. There's the seen and the unseen. And the unseen is really the dark magic. It's not like not dark in the sense of evil because it's not evil. A lot of the dark magic is actually very benevolent and beneficial. It's just you can't see it. Like healing. 
a lot of the stuff that falls under healing is not something you can see. Like someone healing your broken arm, you can't see that. You can feel the difference, but you can't see it. And that's considered like dark magic. It's magic of the unseen. And within that, there's a whole subsect of that that um, the witches have access to. And so magic has like its own cycle in, in my books. It's constantly renewing itself. And like as someone like Sarn, like they, you know, they're doing their thing. They're he's just using his magic or just existing because he's got so much magic that it drops sort of like Robin sees them as strings. And it's really like the leftover essence of the magic that he has used up. But it's not just like his magic. Like it's like the enchanted trees. It's like, you know the magic in the water like it, everything has has its own magic and can leave behind a residue after that magic is used up robin sees them as strings but like other characters may see them differently that's just how she sees it how she rationalizes what she is seeing and she can pick these up and she can weave them together to create things and imbue them with some kind of purpose and in that essence kind of create spells to do things and she's discovered this at the end of book one and in book two, she'd use some of it. So in book three, Rogue Ranger, she was using a lot more of it and working a lot more of it and, and sort of testing sort of the limits of what you can do with this. And it's much more flexible magical system, you know, than like what Sarn uses, like the earth magic. His is very defined. Hers is a little bit more like amorphous. And so so she's trying to figure out like can i do anything with this because the haven itself there's it's under a magical shield there's other magic on the place to ensure that like they keep it temperature controlled so that it's always balmy inside so that the vegetables can grow and like you know food can grow so there's always food and and the water and there's there's spells on the water that keep it clean so that you know it's there's always clean water no matter what happens to the water outside of the haven when it comes into the haven it is clean um, if it's a river flowing into it uh, a lot of times it's a pond or something and there's magic on that that is keeping the pond clean and drinkable and fresh and so there's a lot of residue of different types of magic hanging around and she's trying to figure out what can i do with this and which is all very cool you know I'm, I'm in it we're looking at a new part of the magic system i'm loving that and then she's like okay i don't know what i can do i need to get my daughter in a lot of the old tales she's heard if you distract the caster of a spell like if you break their concentration you can sometimes break their spell because if they don't keep it up like some spells have to be constantly renewed to keep going and fed by the the person who's casting it so she's like well what if i interrupt it like maybe that could either like drop it or could give sarn like a moment to like break free of it and she's like you know what i don't know what else to do it's worth trying so she goes to run into it and like somebody grabs her and pulls her back and like it's her daughter but it's like a grown-up version of her daughter from the future and like at that point i was like what in the world is going on because like that's not in the outline like why is there a future version of your daughter here? How did she get here? Like, she doesn't have, like, time magic. Like, time magic is very strictly controlled in the world that my books take place in. So, like, she doesn't have it. She doesn't know anybody who has. I mean, I don't think she does. I haven't. I didn't know anything about her daughter other than that she's a baby in these books. I had not thought about what she'd be like as an adult. And here she is as an adult and saying the craziest things. And I'm like what in the world so like i stopped writing that i put a note on a patreon i'm like i need to figure out like what the heck is going on so i'm just like sitting there and i'm like what is going on and so like 
So Rosalie, the adult version from the future is like, you know, she's all like, well, if you do this standalone book called Rogue Gods, I'll tell you. And the reason it's called Rogue Gods is because the spell that Sarn walked into was meant to summon four of the ex-gods. The Wild Hunt, which is who stole the kids, really just wanted to summon their former leader who was an ex-god of the hunt. But the person that was helping them do this had, you know, wanted to summon some other gods for other reasons. And they didn't know about that until the spell started and they started summoning other people that was not the person that they wanted to summon. And they're like, wait a minute, this is not what we signed up for. But at that point, it's kind of too late. So future Rosalie is like, well, if you do this standalone book, I will explain everything. I will show you everything that led up to it, why they're summoning the four gods. Because at this point, I'm still like, I thought we were just summoning one god. I didn't know we were summoning four. So that was a um, surprise. That was totally not in the outline. And I'm like, all right, we'll 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 do the standalone thing. So I, I started writing that standalone book, what was supposed to be a standalone book. And you're like, well, how did this become a trilogy? Well, <laughs> I'm like, okay, Rosalie, where does this story start? She's like, well, it starts in hell. And it starts with this ex-god of war. And he needs to steal something from this fortress-like library that's also in hell. And I'm like, okay, but what does that have to do with you? And what does that have to do with the wild hunt? And, and you know, these kids getting kidnapped and these, these gods getting summoned. Like, what do these have to do? To-? And Rosalie's like, no, no, you'll see. You'll see. Just, you know, write the heist. So I'm like, all right, let's let's get this this ex war god that I didn't know existed in this world out here. Let's get him in there. Let's let's start seeing what he's up to. I did that. I wrote the heist, and in the middle of the heist, the ex god of history shows up and he steals a summoning spell. I'm like, okay, this is making more sense now. So we've got the summoning spell. He goes, meets up with his nephew in the future, who's about you know, Rosalie's age and her, you know, early twenties. And I'm like, okay, now we're talking. And then for the entire rest of book one, they did not do a bloody thing with the damn summoning spell. <laughs> we're opening gateways. Demons are invading things. I'm like, okay, this is fun and cool, but this is not why we're here. Like we're supposed to be summoning gods and getting the wild hunt involved. And y'all need to like go to the past and pick up where you left off in that scene in book four of the Robin of Larkspur series. So I can finish that book. I mean, this is, this other stuff is all fun and cool, but this is not what we were supposed to be writing right now. <laughs> and they did not do that. So we ended book one with a lot of really fun, really cool stuff happening. And Rosalie's like, no, you know, I promise in book two, summon the gods. Like, we will summon the gods. Like, totally. Like, call it summon the gods. We were, we will summon it. I am 75% in this book and they have not summoned one freaking god. We've got time crystals. We have the devil trying to collect all the time crystals together to destroy the entire universe and everything in it. And so far, we haven't summoned any gods. And I'm like, are we actually going to do that in here? Are you characters just trying to get me to write something else that you guys want to do that has nothing to do with what i what we came here to do so i don't know so that's where we're at and we'll see in the next update if they actually have summoned the gods because like the whole point of this rogue god trilogy was to unblock that other book so i could finish it because i really want to finish the robin of larkspur series and have that you know and i'm trying to finish out all the prequel series i had wanted to write the rest of the other prequel trilogy of which only one book is out that which is called relic hunter but that's not gonna happen already in november so and i also need to unblock the um 11th book of the curse breaker series because a future version of, of rosalie's boyfriend the nephew of the god of the past like showed up and was accusing like sarn of stuff and i'm like what in the world is going on
there's no more time travel allowed like none like i'm never writing another story that has any time travel involved in it ever again this this is it this is the only one there will never be any more i can't do this it's too crazy so now you probably don't want to have anything to do with this series (laughs) I'm not trying to sell it because right now you can't actually buy it or it's not available anywhere. The only place that you could read the insanity that I was just talking about is on my Patreon because the first nine chapters of Rogue Rescue, the fourth book of the Robin Larkspur series, is published on there up to the point where future Rosalie shows up. That's all published on there. I have the first book of the Rogue Gods trilogy, which is called Gateway to Hell. That is all on patreon as well and 33 chapters from the sequel summon the gods and that's all on patreon as well and half of the book chasing dragons which is book 11 of the kurtzberger series is also on patreon up to the point where future rosalie's boyfriend shows up and starts making crazy claims and trying to hurt my baby my sarn and his adorable son yeah the only positive thing, I guess, about like the Rogue Gods trilogy is that we get to see Ran in the future with his magic. And writing those scenes is just a lot of fun. I really wish he was the protagonist of this and not other people. But, you know, whatever. We'll get there. There will be some books where he is. Yeah. So that's your writing update. In terms of NaNoWriMo, like I, I'm just trying to finish this book <laughs> and get into book three so it can unblock the other books that I really want to be writing. These books, they're going to be like obviously up to the same quality and standards of all my other ones, even if I have to fight them tooth and nail to get it that way. But um, yeah, so that's my frustration with writing at the moment. <laughs> oh, and I just put out the trilogy for Robin of Larkspur series, which is books one to three in um, ebook, which is it's almost on every retailer. I was able to get the page count under the limit for the printers that like Barnes and Noble and other places use. I was able to do a paperback version for that. I don't know if I'll be able to do one for the Cursebreaker omnibuses because like they're almost a thousand pages and like I think the cutoff is like 800 for paperback and that's like with font size 11. Um, if I made it 10, I don't, I still don't know if that would get it down the page count to be at a point where, um, it would fit where a printer like that Barnes and Noble or any of the places that you usually buy print books from could order a copy and get it printed. <laughs> so I don't know. So I'll have to come back to you in a future update. And I just, I don't know if I want to make the the print that tiny because it's hard. To, I want people to build, if you buy a, a physical copy of a book, I want you to be able to read it <laughs> and not go and not have to strain your eyes. So I I just, I don't know. So maybe in a future update, I'll, I'll let you know if I was able to find some compromise bes- so that the print size is not super tiny um, and still readable and, and still get it under the page count. But at this point, like I, it's, it's, I don't, I don't have that compromise found yet, but if I do find it, I will update you right now. You can only get those um, in print, those tr- uh omnibuses uh, as the hardcover ones and they're just available from my website yeah so that's all that's going on and don't forget to follow the rogue gods kickstarter because this trilogy certainly went rogue there was what i thought we were doing and what the characters decided we were doing and i have no idea where we're going to end up with at the end so i'll definitely come back and give you an update on uh once i'm into the third book on because at this point i don't know what we were doing in the third book the the title of it is tentatively storm the gates and the, the characters have assured me that we'll be storming some gates but like at this point like i have no idea like where these gates are or like what exactly they're storming and who is doing this storming so i have many questions and i hope book three will answer them. 
I'll leave links to um, the books that I talked about in here um, in the show notes or the description, depending on where you're listening. And I hope that you'll check it out or check out the um, previous episodes where I have talked about this for context. And I'll be back. We didn't. I didn't have an interview uh, this week. Nobody signed up, but I did um, go on Freya's, I think it's called Twisted Tales podcast, but that episode is not going to air till January. And I talked a lot more in depth in this podcast on some of the things that I mentioned in hers. So, and next week we will be back with another interview. One of my closest friends who's also an author is coming on here. So that's going to be really exciting. Um, It's going to be fun. So I, I hope you'll check that out next week. Yeah. And have a great day or great night wherever you're listening. I'm Linda Cusera, your indie fantasy author. And this has been another rant about Rogue Gods. <laughs> There'll probably be another one before the year ends but hopefully it'll be less of a rant and more of a like more complimentary not so much complaining all right have a good one i'm out